complete abandonment. God, this is all I have and I'm giving it to you. Please fill in the gaps. We really aren't supposed to do this on our own. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined Podcast, where we talk to women who are doing it all, but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us. And if you're new to our podcast community, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. So I really want want to invite you to commit to your growth and development. And wouldn't it be awesome if you listened to every episode this year and really made an investment to grow and preventing your burnout and creating more peace and balance in your life? Well, subscribe to this this podcast wherever you listen to it, and it's really important that you download our burnout prevention guide that you'll find in our show notes. Well, let's dive into new content with today's guest, Emily Kaiser. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. I am super, super pumped up to be welcomed or to be welcomed, to be joined, I should say. I'm welcoming Emily Kaiser to our podcast, and I'm so excited to have her here. Um, She's just such a wonderful human being, and I've had the great joy of, you know, getting to know her a couple of times and getting to really learn about her faith journey. Um, Yeah, and So Emily, I know she got her MBA from the University of Mary and where she was really able to just, you know, really integrate her Catholic faith with her professional studies. And right now she's working at Noridian and she can talk a little bit more about that. And I know she's just really passionate about her faith and her community. And she's a new mother of her four-month-old baby, James. So Emily, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Uh, yeah, so thank you for for letting me join the podcast. And like yeah. you said, I am a, a new mom of little baby James who uh, is starting to smile so much mm-hmm. and <laughs> just makes our life a joy. So thank you. So fun. Yeah, so I guess let's just start. I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. You know, I, we said you worked at Noridian, but tell me more a little bit about like what you do. You know, what does every day look like for you? Um, yeah. yeah, good. Well, yes. And if you don't know what Noridian is, um, that's okay. It probably means you're pretty young because we administer Medicare <laughs> and Medicaid. And um, so I don't do that, but I work in their talent development team. And so what I do is really help to train our employees uh, to help them be better in their role, be more satisfied uh, with with their day by being able to give them their best selves at work. We do leadership training and customer service training. Um, I work on an awesome team of uh, other talent development professionals. And yeah, we we really uh, just help to train train employees. And and that's kind of what fills my my eight to five day. Uh, but I I also, like Grace said, like to really be involved in my community uh, in different ways. And this has been a transition since starting to be a new mother. Um, I used to be someone that really liked to like volunteer and do lots of different things. And I still like to do that, uh, but your time just looks a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different right. when you're a little yeah. bit out of control with, with your time. So my day generally starts, um, 
depending on the night, you know, if it starts at three in the morning, four thirty in the morning, whatever James decides, he wants to get up and eat. <laughs> And that's really uh, where my day begins. And I don't know if we have any other mothers, but the four-month sleep regression is a real thing. <laughs> so that just means that they just decide, I'm going to sleep never throughout the whole night, even though I used to be uh. sleep, like waking up twice. But I, so I have to say that tonight, I, today I'm very awake because James slept until 4.30 in the morning. And that was really exciting. <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, so that's just a little bit about kind of what what I do and and what my what my life looks like and I like to kind of do different little projects. So I was telling Grace before we started, I'm usually on the other end of this podcast seat as I I had my own little podcast uh, a few years ago during the pandemic called the Better Woman Podcast, where I interviewed women who make me a better woman. Because I'm really inspired by these types of conversations. I've loved listening to this podcast, Grace, um, because I've been really inspired just to hear other real people like me and their stories and really how they're how they're living their life. So, mm. yeah. Well, I'm going to throw you for a little me. loop. I'm going to throw you for a little loop right away, Emily. So you said, you know, you love to interview women who inspire you or who made you a better yeah. woman. Like what qualities, like what, what have you learned? Like, tell me your biggest takeaway. I mean, what do you learn from these women and how have you implemented that in your life? Like this is, I didn't even tell you I was going to talk about this, but I'm interested now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I, when I decided to do the podcast, um, it was right around the pandemic start. And so I was feeling really starved of good conversation. Uh, And I think what I found was each interview I did, I had kind of a different main topic and it was not intentional, but it ended up being exactly what I needed to hear at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I had some women talk about like their marriage and how they have faith in their um, relationships with their spouse. And, and I, I think I grew so much in my own marriage as at that point I was preparing to get married. Um, in that sense. Also, I interviewed my mother, uh, which was fabulous. and <laughs> so fun to be able to hear how throughout her life, she kept her faith, but it also changed when she took on different roles and how, uh, you know, when she became a mother and then when she decided to later stay at home with her, uh, with my youngest sister and like how faith was integrated into all of that, into those decisions. Um, I, I learned a lot and 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 I grew and so I do maybe someone else listening (laughs) was also growing from that as well and I what I always think of when we try to follow God's plan is just I try to practice this like true abandonment like okay God if this is what you want me to do I'm gonna do it and you gotta do the rest So I've started um, this, for example, I've started this this prayer night for married couples in my parish. And I started this because I really had been thinking about it for a long time and felt this call to gather young married couples together because it's not easy to be a young married couple trying to live out your faith. 
Um, but I was like, what if nobody comes? So much my podcast, what if no one listens? Like, what's the point of doing this? And I think there's actually a lot of peace that comes with just giving it over to God and saying, okay, if you ask me to do this, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because you've given me the gifts that I have so I can do it. And God, you got to provide the rest. And so after the very first night of the prayer night that I hosted, um, I felt it was awkward. And honestly, I left and I was like, that was not great. I don't think it went super well. Um, and I was just feeling like, should I keep doing it? I don't even know. And then I talked to one of the girls afterwards and she told me about this really profound, impactful prayer experience that she had during this prayer night. And I was like, okay, God, that's all you wanted. Like if that one person needed to be there, like that's that's what you were that's what you're wanting okay i'll do it again like if the, if this is what is this is what you're asking for then then i'll do it again and i think mm -hmm. coming back to your original question like that's really what kept coming out in all of my interviews i think was um just that true reliance on on god uh and people and all of these women like just really living out who they were called to be and that's why I interviewed them, because they were just women who you know when you meet someone who is just on fire because they're using their gifts, they're turning to God, and so they are really, and who they are called to be. And there's a great St. Catherine of Siena quote that I love that is, be who God made you to be and you'll set the world on fire. Mm -hmm. And these women that I interviewed were just women who I think were like setting the world on fire with who they were and how they were living out God's plan for them. Mm -hmm. so yeah that <laughs> I love that. Well, about that no I think so I really love what you said you know you said when we try and follow God's plan we need to practice true abandonment and I think that is like a it depicts a really good picture in my brain of just like standing there with nothing and how deep and like how beautiful that is is to practice complete like giving it all up like when you're abandoned like you have nothing and so like abandon, like abandoning all of our things just to give it up to God. And so you said, you know, there's a lot of peace found in that. And so if that's what God's want, if that's what God wants for you, you'll do it again. And I think that can be applied to everything. And if that, if this is what God wants for me, I'll just keep doing it. And so, you know, I kind of want to focus in on that a little bit more and how right now in your life, like you're doing a lot of things. Um, and I, I, I'm not a mother yet, so I can't maybe necessarily relate, but I want to get some advice and learn from you on how you're kind of doing it all. I mean, you're a mother, you are obviously very devoted to your church, to your parish, um, uh, and to your work and to your family and friends. Like, how are you doing this? And if this is what God wants for you, how are you doing it all over again every day? Yeah. Thank you, Grace. And, uh, I think that abandonment completely relates to what I'm learning so far in motherhood. Um, because when I when I am up in the middle of the night with James or um, he's crying and I don't know why, <laughs> you know, my prayer to God is always like, okay, Jesus, I trust in you. Please, this is all I have. Like I'm giving all that I have, please fill in the gaps. And I think so often, especially as women, we like want to do it all. Like you said, like, I want to do it and I want to do it right. And I don't need any help. Um, but, but, but we do need help from God. Like we are not supposed to do this by ourselves. Like we are supposed to lean on him. 
And I've been really thinking about how, you know, God gave us James. He didn't give us another kid. He gave us James for a very specific reason. And so he's also equipped us with the tools that we need to be able to care for James along with his help. And so I think that's where that abandonment and trust, it ha- I mean, there has to be trust with the abandonment. You shouldn't abandon yourself to something or somebody that you don't trust. Um, and yeah, and I, I think I learned a lot while I was home on maternity leave. So I took three months of maternity leave and uh, I had really no, what, no idea what to expect. I, re- I, I like, I'm, had never been a mother either, Grace. <laughs> so I, I didn't know. And I'm someone that likes to have a big long to-do list. I like to be very productive. And so I was just really thinking of like, oh, all these things I'm going to get done while I'm home on maternity leave. And I remember like the first, after the first few weeks, quickly realizing like I will spend over half of my day, not the day, like over half of the 24 hours in a day feeding my child. And I was nursing James. And so that means sitting. Like I would spend over half of my day sitting on the couch or in the chair feeding James. And I remember one day Nathan came home and I'm like, Nathan, I just sat around all day. Like I feel so unproductive. And Nathan was like, Emily, you are literally keeping our child alive. Like, how is that unproductive? Like that's the most productive thing you can be doing. But I just felt like because I was, you know, sitting around in my mind, like I wasn't, I wasn't contributing or I wasn't helping. And I, I, once I finally began to lean into that a little bit and enjoy that time and not try to think of all the things I want to get done or what I'm not doing or like stare at the dishes or whatnot. Like I just, I just had so much more peace in, in just my own sense of what I like what I need and what's important and when I came back to work about a month or a month and a half ago I just had so such a refreshed idea of like what's important and um and I was able to just hopefully carry that piece and that slower pace with me because I don't want to miss this time like this this time that's in front of me while our son is growing up like being able to really be with him and see him because i thought i needed to get xyz done um instead of really be present to him yeah i mean that's just so it's so beautiful and i love you were saying you know you felt so unproductive just like sitting there but like when nathan said you know you're literally keeping your child alive like that is like the coolest thing and the best thing you could ever do, but it felt so unproductive in the moment. And I think that can be related to so many things because, you know, we're sitting here as a lot of us, you know, let's just say we have like a desk job and we sit yeah. here all day long. Okay. What if all I do is send emails all day long, or it can be anything. Like what if you're just cleaning your house or like, sometimes it's hard when you're not seeing like a direct repercussion of like something you could check off a list. And I think we get caught in this, like, oh, I'm not good enough because I didn't check a hundred things off my list today. I just maybe had a conversation with somebody, but like Mm -hmm. how, I mean, you said you went back to work and you focused on, you know, slowing down, but like, I think that can be a lot harder than just like 
that little change. So like maybe talk a little bit more about that and how did you focus on slowing down? I mean, that's hard. Yes. Yes. And what you said, I mean, that totally is, is true. And what I've been thinking about, I think what my perspective is when I come back to work is I just realized like what really matters. So like, and I, I think about at the end of, I used to get really caught up in like, okay, am I, did I send out my follow-up agenda or my, my follow-up action items or did I make a good project plan? But like at the end of my life, when I'm standing before God, like, is he going to say to me like, dang, Emily, you made some really good project plans and you made it to every meeting on time and you always sent a follow-up email. Like, no, he is not going to care. Like he cares about us working hard and giving our, our best and that's important. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying like, okay, just be lazy and go and follow, don't follow through on your commitments. Like, no, we don't need to get worked up in the mm -hmm. drama of our lives or in the drama of like what happens at work um because like what really matters is like how you treat people like mm -hmm. and i think that's really how we bring our faith into the workplace is it's not mm -hmm. necessarily by like you know we can talk about our faith and that's good but it's really more about like how do we treat people how are we Christ to people mm -hmm. in our office um, or just anyone that we encounter? Because that's really, uh, that's really what's much more impactful is the relationships and just like what we're called to do is mm -hmm. to, to be Christ to everybody. And so when I think of how did I slow down, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, I think to me, it's just, spending more time being or being okay with spending more time or energy on those relationships um, and not getting too caught up in the deadlines and the deliverables, but more in mm -hmm. how I'm, how I'm treating people uh, because that's like really what, what matters. Yeah. You made me think so um, I'm sure you've heard these before, but there's a couple quotes by Mother Teresa that you just says like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so it. But she says, there's two of them. She says, it's not about how much you do, but how much love you put into what you do that counts. And I think like we're talking about focusing on the conversations we're having, like how much love can I put into this conversation right now? Even if it feels like talk, taking 10 minutes to set aside to talk to somebody feels like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to really get these things done. But like, what is the most loving thing you can do right now? Is that, mm -hmm. is that go work on that project? Or is that have a conversation with a coworker that maybe you just need to have a, that needs someone to talk to them? Um, yeah. And then the other, the other quote, I actually have this sitting on my nightstand in the picture and it says, um, intense love does not measure, it just gives. And I mm. think that is just so good because, you know, this love, like, or like even the things we're doing, there's no measurables around it. Like in God, does it measure our lives and the things we create and the things we deliver and the things that we get done? It just, intense love just, just gives. And so like God is so giving and he loves us. And so like, he's like, you said, like when we're standing there, you know, in the, before God, he's not going to say, oh my gosh, how much work did you actually accomplish in your life? He's going to say like, how much, how much did you love people? And so I just I really love that. 
I love that. And I think, Grace, it calls attention to how we need to use our feminine heart in the office and, you know, how we as women have a really unique, we have unique gifts that we, I think, sometimes don't always bring. When we talk about bringing our whole self to work, like bringing who we are as a woman to to the office, like we provide such warmth and our ability to really focus on our relationships and our ability to receive one another is is really unique uh and i i think that there's i think that there's a good space for that in the office i just don't know if everyone's always focusing on that or seeing that maybe as valuable you know that it that we are the connectors like we are the connectors of of teams and people and it's through the little conversations that we're having or through the attention that we're giving and not saying that men can't do that because they absolutely can um but it is it innate in who we are to to have that focus on our relationships and and i think that's what's so valuable too um in in our femininity in the office i absolutely love that you just brought this up have you ever heard of the feminine genius before yes do you could you explain that a little bit or uh, well i don't i don't know if you can put me on the spot (laughs) (laughs) i know that's okay i think i i've heard of it i'm familiar with it i haven't like really read it Mm -hmm. like in its entirety so but i i know that it's this like like, truly this idea and the concept like of our feminine gifts right Mm -hmm. yes like when we as women like you said we have this uh unique essence about us that we are made to bring people together we are made to bring that warmth and that loving and that kindness and like you said like not that men can't do it but we are God truly made us to bring people together. And I think that sometimes it can get lost in like the to-do list. Like we were talking about, it can get lost in all these things, but we have this unique ability to bring people in, but also our personalities are so fun. And so something I like to talk about is, um, you know, at the office, like we can decorate, like we, like we are really good at decorating and like putting, you know, bringing our like excitement and our, oh, we get to dress so fun. And so like our feminine genius is all about showing God's love through the clothing that we get to wear, through the things that we like put on our walls in our office or um, things like that. Like our feminine genius is so amazing, but like God created us just to bring people in in that form. And so that really attests to what you're saying about, you know, what we do and like how we bring people together. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I think sometimes what's sad is what's lost in some of our feministic um, rhetoric is is the celebration of women mm-hmm. i think sometimes when we try to compare ourselves too much to men we're really lo- losing the gifts that we can celebrate and that we can give and that we can bring um to the office and i i think sometimes that's seen as maybe being really like meek quiet women and that's not what we're talking about at all it's really coming back to like being who God made you to be and bringing that person to work with you. And I'm lucky to work with a lot of really amazing women. I have a team of all women who have 
all unique temperaments and gifts um but we but we bring our femininity into into the workplace in a way that is um I was really beautiful just to see that celebration together. And I like, you know, um, when we talk about this, it's not just in the workplace. Like uh, some women are also called to do this in their homes, like the way that we receive our families or in our churches or in nonprofit communities. And I just, I sometimes think there's this pressure and I feel this way, definitely. When, even when you introduced and you said like, Emily, you're doing it all. I'm like, "Eh, I'm just like working and being a mom. Like that's pretty much what everyone does. (laughs) But I know, and I want to speak to anyone else like that out there who feels this way too. Like you would make such an impact in your circle of influence. There's another Mother Teresa quote I thought you might say, Grace, which was like, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mm. And um, I have to remember this. And I think as women, we we get so impacted by everything happening in the world. We see something happening overseas and we really take it to heart. And it's like makes you very distraught. And although it's some people are called to do that and to, to go out and, you know, serve the poor in other countries. But most of us are called to love the people in our lives and like in our circle of influence and most of us are and are called to really focus on those people and if we each you know focused on loving the people in our circle of influence really well and showing god's love to them if everyone did that like think of the impact that that has worldwide and so that's something Mm -hmm. that i've really been trying to focus on especially in my new role as a mom is how am i really loving my family well like my husband well, like first my husband and my child and, you know, then my parents and my siblings and my in-laws and my my church community and my friends and like focusing on serving those people well, because mm-hmm. really that's where I can make the biggest influence. Yeah, I think that's so interesting that you say that because I think we think, like you said, okay, so like something's happening um around the world and it does as women I mean does directly like we feel that more and we're naturally more uh like we naturally feel things a little bit deeper um but we feel that we need to do all these things and like impact all these people but what about the people right in front of us I think we forget that like there's so many people right in front of us that we just can love and I you know how am I really loving my family well you said that is so good like how can we really love the people in our circle and even this, you know, at home, right? But how are we even loving the people at work too? And like the people that you meet at church, the people you meet at all of your committees, you're in like yeah. focusing on just loving them and like the ripple effect that can have. I think we forget that like mm-hmm. when when someone when you give someone a compliment, they're so much more likely to give someone else a compliment. It's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. It's not just you're not just affecting that one person. By you saying that one thing, you're affecting so many of the people. So by you loving your husband well, he's more able probably to love the people he works with. Right. Um, so I think that's so good. And you also touched on, not it's not about comparing ourselves to like the men in the workplace or comparing ourselves to the thing. It's just about like the uniqueness that we bring. We, we forget that we're so unique and so beautiful in our own way. And that's just, that's just beautiful in itself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And I think that was definitely brought to light to me and probably anyone could agree who's ever carried a child and delivered a child. Like 
how incredibly amazing it is like that God created us to literally like hold life within our bodies like that that like I just am amazed like every day that I look at James and be like you were the person that was in here (laughs) like I was carrying you like I remember that and that that was him and and I yeah I just and I just I just feel like there's so much to be celebrated there. Like us as a women, like nobody else can do that. And it's so miraculous. I mean, there's no other way to say it is that it's miraculous. And I know Mm -hmm. this isn't a podcast like about the miracle of birth, (laughs) but (laughs) like it is about women. And that's just something that's so special about us um, and, and impacts who we are like, I have this, I'm, I had a coworker say this and I think it's so great. Like I'm getting to know who is Emily, the mom. This is a new person that I Mm -hmm. didn't know before. And like, I have this fierce protectiveness over James that I, I never like knew that that would happen or that that would, um, that that would be real for me, but I do. And I'm just excited to continue to like, learn about who this like new person is who's Mm -hmm. I mean who still is Emily of course and um but like looking to God and my prayer is always like God like help me to be the mother that you want me to be like help Mm -hmm. me to be the wife that you want me to be and the coworker that you want me to be because I can't do this by myself (laughs) like I need you uh to show me and to give me the tools uh, to be able to do that and I just think that just takes Mm -hmm. so much pressure off of yourself um sometimes you get handed like a big dose of humility which is also good um but it just takes a lot of pressure off of myself from having to figure it all out uh, and then just to be patient and patient and rely on his timing for me Mm -hmm. yeah I like what you said you know like help me to be the like blank what you want me to be help me be the sister the friend the wife the coworker, the anything and I think that's like a simple prayer that you can just pray all the time and you know just help me to be that and so I guess when it comes to like simple prayers or things that you do I'm interested to know because obviously like got a little bit busier when you went back to work and things changed you know what habits are you doing to incorporate your faith into your day like what does your day look like when it you know do you pray during the day at work or like what are you doing to Mm -hmm. keep that at the forefront of your mind I guess yeah, so I mean, a couple things like I really enjoy podcasts. And um, so I really I have a faith based podcast called Abiding Together that they love they that one podcast. Yes, they release weekly. And I mm-hmm. always listen to that on my, my drive to work. And it or my yeah drive to work and home and it really puts me in just a good mental space and also I learn I like to learn more about you know my faith and and hear from other people's stories and so that that is something I've always kind of done um and but what I've tried to do more of which is hard for me is to have more of that silent time with mm-hmm. God where I'm not like consuming something um and so really I try to do this like when I'm if I'm putting James to bed and like rocking him and it's I mean that's just like a quiet time that I can pray um and and I think I had shared this earlier but I'm really learning what my new 
prayer routine look like? Because I mm-hmm. used to get up in the morning and like do a daily reading and um, I can still do that, um, but mm-hmm. I just haven't been. And because my morning schedule is so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think for me, it's really like integrating it into my day. And and especially when I'm talking to James, like, you know, how am I bringing prayer like into that mm-hmm. interaction, like on our way to work or um, when dropping him off at daycare or or whatnot. But I like taking that little time throughout the day and and um, and just like what I've heard and what I've tried to do is just like having a constant conversation with God mm-hmm. in yeah. your mind throughout the day, like rather than maybe certain seasons of life just don't allow for you to take an hour in the evening to pray and that's okay some seasons of life do um and so maybe during this time it's more like how am i just constantly in conversation with god throughout Mm -hmm. my day asking him how should i respond to this person or please help me to be kind to this person or um that type of thing so that's kind of that's kind of my prayer. And especially when I have something on my mind that's really bothering me or I'm just trying to decide what to do, I, I just try to like like breathe in and breathe out, Jesus, I trust in you. Like mm-hmm. that's my prayer always is like breathe in, breathe out, Jesus, I trust in you because it just calms you down and reminds me um, you know, I'm not alone. Like I'm, I can say that God is here to support me. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like how my um, prayer life looks. And then just, I mean, really making sure that I'm making, you know, the sacraments a priority, like going to mass with my family and mm-hmm. um, just, yeah, focusing on those two. Well, and I, you know, you said you're really just learning what your prayer routine looks like. And I think that that's something people need to hear because you hear, oh, I pray every morning and every night for this one at a time. And I do this, I journal these times and blah, 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 blah. Okay. But like, it's going to change (laughs) and like, it's not that easy. And so I love that you said that because it's just like, it's going to change like every night. I feel that in my life right now too. And I'm, I'm traveling a lot more, you know, I'm just doing things so differently than when I was able to go to a holy hour every single week and people do these things. Like, my life is so inconsistent. And so right yeah. now I just don't look the way that I would like love them to look. But right. I think there's also like a beauty in that because then it helps you will allows you to bring prayer into different aspects. And so you, you know, just that silent prayer or the constant conversation, like this, the changing of your life allows you to feel like fill in the gaps with God, like where he wasn't before, like where can he be right. now? Um, yeah, so I think that's super good. I love that. Um, but okay, before we wrap I, up, oh, go ahead. Emily. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like, I'm pretty real, Grace. Like, I'm not gonna say, like, yeah, you know me, I'm praying a holy hour every night with my baby just strapped on me. Like, there's no way. I just, I'm impressed by those, those women that do, but it is, it's, and when I was preparing for this podcast I really do feel like I'm in transition and so it's like what do I have to say (laughs) that is profound because I'm just figuring it out and I I just think um that's not gonna stop 
Like, <laughs> like it's pretty much how we're going to be like for the next, you know, I don't know, mm -hmm. 20, 30 years is how much life is going to change each time you think you get into a routine, like something's new. And so um, I think just like keeping your priorities in line, mm -hmm. but being flexible and trusting in God is like the best way to keep some peace mm -hmm. through all of it. Well, and Emily, you said, <laughs> I, I didn't think I had anything profound to say because but I think like that's profound in itself and the idea that like it will never like you're in transition and that's like so profound because everyone is in a tr different transition right now and like that's so powerful to hear we all just want to know that we're not alone and I think like hearing your story of this transition is profound because we're all in that whether it's transitioning from you know high school or high school to college college to right. the real world uh, transitioning between jobs becoming a mother you know losing a loved one like we're all in this transition but like it looks so different for everybody and that's okay that we're all in this weird it will never be not a transition <laughs> it never will you know we're never going to feel yeah. totally super content but that's where like the love of god and the trust and the complete abandonment of what these expectations or everything in our lives comes into play um, so yeah, I would say that's profound. So you've been very profound today, Emily. So thank you so much. <laughs> but Thanks. before we wrap up one last question, I want to ask you if you have this, like, what would you say is your favorite, favorite Bible verse and why? Oh, see, ha, I took my quotes and I put them all <laughs> through in the this thing so I was thinking more about quotes but um also Grace you know I'm Catholic so I don't know yeah. the Bible yeah but... right <laughs> same sign <laughs> um but no there's there is a quote that I or a Bible verse that I've really always loved um and I'm probably gonna misquote it um but it talks about how like do not look down upon you because you are young um but be an example to all of those um in your in your faith in your perseverance um and and there's like a long list of what they talk about but i always held on to that one when i was especially when i was younger um because i think sometimes we feel like, oh, I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough life um, to to make an impact or mm -hmm. to to inspire people um, in my faith. And and I I just always kind of think about think about that one. And um, mm -hmm. and also one of my one of my favorites is um, one that's really just common in weddings. And I think I'm just also in like the wedding season of life where I, mm -hmm. I got married and my friends have gotten married. Um, and it's, and it's the really cliche, like love, you know, love never fails. Like mm -hmm. love is patient, love is kind. But why I like it is I've heard people say, what you should do is you should put your name in place of love and see is it makes sense like Emily is patient Emily is kind Emily is not jealous um, and so it's mm -hmm. like a really good uh it's a really good self-check of how you're doing and are you are you like we talked about like are you spreading that love um 
in a way that is pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. Mm. I love that. I love both those you just said, because I think like even, you know, do not, do not look down upon you because you were young. Um, That is, I think no matter like what your actual age is, that could just be like, if you feel like you're, you're not experienced enough or like all these things, do not look down from that because, you know, just be an example, like be, you know, the whole, what would Jesus do? Like, if that's how you're living, then what, like no one will ever look down upon you. And so, um, that's so good. And so, oh, well, Emily, this isn't so good. And whether or not you think it, you're, you are an inspiration and you're amazing. So, um, I just really thank you for everything you said. I mean, really like your insight on femininity and, you know, the way that we should be living and, you know, just loving is, is so, is so good. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Grace, for having me. It's been such a joy. These are my favorite kinds of conversations. So I I love it. Uh, well, thanks again. And thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for tuning in. And yeah, we'll, we'll all be together again soon. Thank you.